Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Mack. Hey, everybody. So today, we're going to be looking at the top 20 most popular commanders on EDHREC, and we're going to try to figure out what they have in common so we can make some generalizations about what features lead to popularity among commanders. These top 20 commanders, they they definitely punch above their weight class because these top 20 commanders are only 1.9% of all commanders, but they make up 16% of all decks on EDH rec. So really outsize influence of, of these commanders. It's definitely like the distribution of decks among commanders is definitely not flat. And so I think we can learn a lot about the format as a whole and about commander design as a whole just from looking at these this subset of commanders. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash commander theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can still help us out by rating or reviewing us on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. All right, with that, I think we can jump right into this. I'm going to read them out really quickly, and then we'll talk about uh, what we learned by by aggregating some of their information. Yeah. Uh, so the top 20 most popular commanders are Golos, Atraxa, Muldrotha, Yuriko, Korvold, Kenrith, Edgar Markov, Yerok, Alila, Kess, Windgrace, or rather Lord Windgrace, Tesa Karlov, Niv Mizzet, Parin, Marin, Sisse Weatherlight Captain, Chulain, Kaikar, Feather, Thrasios, and the Ur Dragon. Uh, so these are top 20 most popular commanders. And right off the bat, one thing I'm curious about is how do their colors compare to the average commander? Uh, so what can you tell us about that? You're looking at just simply colors on these commanders. Listeners at home might have recognized there's a lot more colors <laughs> represented. Most, uh, well, all of the commanders are multicolor. Out of all possible commander options, there's 535 monocolor commanders uh, out of 1,077 total. Um, so that that's roughly 50%. And yet when we look at this top 20 commanders, all of them <laughs> have more than one color. All of them fall in the other 50% of commanders that exist. Uh, and 14 out of 20 have more than two colors. So that's kind of a stark contrast <laughs> there. Uh, people like playing with more colors. And, and the the other thing of note is that except for some very specific instances, uh, white and red are much less represented than their other colors. Do you want to get into that breakdown? Yeah, but one other thing I want to note is like four of these 20 commanders are in fact five color. Um, oh, yeah. And of course, like five color commanders only make up a tiny proportion of the format. So that's five color is is way overrepresented among this uh, this population. So really, there's there's something clearly if you want to design a popular commander, you want it to have more colors up to even all five colors. That's definitely going to help its popularity. Um, and as you mentioned, white and red are definitely less popular than some of the other colors, even with all these like five color commanders and like large and expansive color identities kind of giving all 
colors a boost, like kind of a rising tide lifting all ships. Uh, white and red are still falling behind the others, with white showing up in only 11 out of these 20 commanders, red also only showing up in 20. Um, and then blue, black, and green showing up in 14, 15, and 12 of these commanders, respectively. So definitely a disparity between what we think of as the most po- powerful colors and the least powerful colors in Commander. Something that will resonate with a lot of players um, on pretty much every Magic Discord I'm in, every forum that I've ever read or taken part in. People talk about these commanders a lot, and they talk about the multicolor aspect of these commanders. Um, so I don't think it's a big surprise to hear that like Atraxa and Moldrotha and Golos are like the big three i think that also goes to what a lot of people have experienced just in their playgroups in their life at their store yeah absolutely let's uh dive into what i think is going to be the the meatiest topic here and that is theme when you look at the pages for these commanders you can get a sense of like what most of these deck lists are trying to do what is the general theme that these commanders build into and looking at that we can sort of get a sense of you know, what types of themes are likely to be popular, and if there's any patterns among these commanders in terms of what themes are being represented more than others. So generally, these commanders fall into uh, 11 themes, like just going through the deck list, I could sort of spot uh, 11 different themes. And most of these themes aren't showing up in a lot of different decks. For example, there's only like one aristocrats type list among these 20 there's only one uh super friends style commander among these 20 there's only one feather (laughs) there's only one feather yeah um so most of these themes aren't we're not seeing like you know eight different graveyard recursion decks among the top 20 and i think that might be well why why do you think that might be why do you think we're not getting a whole bunch of different versions of the the same theme i think it's that when people talk about commanders there's kind of a like zeitgeist about decks what's popular and things like that and there usually is a preferred method of how to build a particular commander uh so sometimes that's easy edgar markov is going to be vampires it's going to be vampire tribal there you go that's that's kind of it but when you're looking at something like Tesa, for instance, Tesa Karlov is being built mostly as like an aristocrats list and ideas about what that aristocrats list looks like, that Tesa Karlov is the best version for that. Even if that is or is not true, there's kind of like these talking points that get stuck in people's minds. And I think that's kind of what we're seeing when it comes to a lot of these lists. We're seeing kind of a funneling of these concepts pooled into these commanders that have been dubbed by the community to be like the blank like the the blanket best at this thing. So when it comes to let's say like Moldrotha, uh Moldrotha is very good at graveyard recursion. So when you're at a shop, when you're talking with your friends, people are going to talk about Moldrotha as a recursion deck, like a recycling deck, things that sack themselves that you can get back and things like that. And that's going to push out other options that might exist, say... Like 
chainer dementia master oh there you go yeah so that's gonna push out other options that do similar play patterns like chainer who is less colors one of the colors as we mentioned is less popular than a lot of the colors in moldrotha so i just think the community gets pushed towards certain things uh and edh rec is kind of showing us that that is happening so it's sort of like you know maybe so maybe a player like doesn't have extensive card knowledge doesn't know all of the reanimator commanders out there but they hear about moldrotha and you know build it or look more into it it's like okay this this will let me do the thing i wanted to do and they might not go any further or even if they encounter like other reanimation commanders later those other commanders might not provide a compelling argument for why they should switch is it kind of like that yeah, that's kind of kind of what I'm trying to say is is that these commanders in the top 20, especially the like really singular ones, have been deemed by the community to be the best at that thing and therefore there's kind of this like vortex effect where now that the community has agreed that uh Moldrotha is the best reanimator or like the best recursion commander, that's what we're going to see now now if a new player is like i really want a deck that plays out of the graveyard the people at the shop are going to be like oh you should look at moldrotha because that's what's on the forefront of people's mind now Mm -hmm. so one thing i wanted to touch on is the 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 incidence of good stuff among these commanders so looking at these lists i mean the the categories i'd roughly stuff them into were ramp uh, plus a plus one counters, infect, super friends, graveyard recursion, tribal, sacrifice, aristocrats, hondens, heroic, and good stuff. And really, the the most popular archetype among those I identified in the top twenty is good stuff. Um, and for the purposes of this discussion, good stuff is like a strategy where you're not really trying to go for synergy. You're just trying to generate resources and answer threats efficiently. And a lot of these commanders, like just looking at the most popular cards in their pages, tend to fit into that. And it could be because they have so many colors that the good stuff tends to crowd out, like maybe the synergy effects, or maybe that their mechanics just don't have a lot of cards that synergize with them. And so like good stuff kind of tends to rush in to fill that void, but it's really common. And I think one of the reasons that is, is because a lot of these commanders reward you for doing things you already want to do, or like their reward is so broad that you can trigger their abilities just by playing staples. So for example, like we have Chulain and Kaikar on this list of the top 20 commanders. And Chulane says, whenever you cast a creature spell, um, draw a card, and then you may put a land from your hand onto the battlefield. So, I mean, in a three-color identity, there are just so many good creatures you can run that it doesn't feel like a restriction, and you can just kind of pull from lists of the, the best staple creatures in the format and fill out your deck. And if you look at a Chulane list, like a lot of it is just like, I mean, there's just a ton of mana dorks and a ton of cheap utility creatures because it's there's so little cost to running them in this list. And then Kaikar is similar. Like, whenever you cast a non-creature spell, you get a 1-1 spirit with flying. 
non-creature spell is pretty a pretty pretty broad category and so you can fill your deck with just like you know cheap artifact mana or cheap uh cantrips or cheap answers like swords to plowshares or counter spells uh just all the kind of things you naturally want to do in commander trigger kaikar and so he's really just giving you a benefit for for running staples and that's kind of is what make these lists gravitate towards good stuff. I think that's just true of a lot of these commanders. Like even Niv Mizzet kind of tends towards good stuff because if you do want a combo with Niv Mizzet Parin, like Niv Mizzet one and three you really don't need to like go super hard on the combo. You can kind of just run card draw. You can run counter spells. You can put the one or two cards that combo in to the list, and then if you happen to draw them, you win. <laughs> Yeah, it's like the the downside of playing these combo cards is uh, really low, and the upside of playing the good stuff cards, which trigger an Mizzet par, and like whenever you cast an instant or sorcery, which are counter spells, draw spells, bounce spells, whatever they are, you draw a card, and when you draw a card, you deal damage. So it's kind of this like loop where the cards that give you the most bang for the, your buck, like the two for ones, the efficient removal just work really well in this shell uh and that's true for a lot of these commanders like you said kaikar kes yaruk they just kind of amplify the goodness of the things that are already pretty good so if you're trying to like so i guess the lesson here is if you're trying to design a commander in order to make it popular you can follow that common commander that common commander design of like do thing x get thing y but you just want thing X to be as broad as possible so that people don't really feel constrained by it so that they can just put the cards in that they already want to run or that they uh, that are naturally powerful in the format. Or maybe it works in the other direction. Like maybe people just have these pile of like good cards and then are looking for the commander that best suits it. And it's like, well, I could run like uh, Kadena for my bug creature deck or i could run yaruk and like get double copies of my all my etb creatures or abilities um something like that like it just might be this is the best fit commander for people who want to play a bunch of staples yeah i think that's definitely true especially when you get into like the three color lists and three color lists that aren't specifically doing anything i think one of the reasons that uh rico of two reflections from the original commander set was so popular i I think a lot of people maybe had this experience where they're like oh cool riku i can double my creatures or double my instants and sorceries like i'm gonna do that and you quickly kind of found out that like the what's better than one draw spell like two draw spells what's better than one giant crater hoof two giant crater hoofs like the best things to copy were already just the best spells period. And we've kind of seen a trend lately where now we have like Kalamax, the storm sire, which is finally a Serp Riku, which kind of just does that better. If I want to double my instance, I can play Kalamax and make him go sideways. And so I think looking at a lot of these commander designs, these top commanders being multiple colors and just broadly working with whatever it is, I think that's a surefire way to make sure people play with your your commander. 
And kind of on that note, I want to mention like Golos and Atraxa are the two most popular commanders uh, over the last two years. Golos is just like a smorgasbord of themes. When you look at the theme section on his EDH rec page, it's everything. <laughs> it's it's lands, it's sacrifice, it's cycling, it's angel tribal, it's uh, gates, it's ramp, it's, it's scout tribal, scout tribal, it's Cheerios, it's stacks. It, it literally doesn't matter. Golos is so broad that people are just kind of shoving whatever into this five color shell because, like, oh, you know, they kill Golos, you just need one more land and you get them back. So. I think Golos is kind of the the apex of the, what we're talking about. Just the broad enough to work with whatever you want to do. Therefore, people are going to play with it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it definitely reminds me of like how I've seen Kenrith used in Brawl on Arena. Yeah. Basically, anytime people can't like really want to do something but can't find a commander for it. Like Kenrith is kind of the default. So like, I really want to make Knights tribal work, or I really want to put all my adventure cards in the same deck. Like Kenrith is the commander that people turn to. And there are other commanders in this top 20 that also kind of fill that role of people just really, really want to do something and they don't care so much about the commander, but like, this is the best fit for it. So one that really struck me was Sisse Weatherlight Captain. And she saw a big, big surge in popularity pretty much just over the summer because of the printing of all these new Hondens. And so people are using Sisse as a Honden commander. Like 1,300 Sisse decks were added to the database just since M21 came out. And, uh, you know, 60-something percent of those decks are running Sanctum of All and Sanctum of Calm Waters and Sanctum of Fruitful Harvest. All these new shrines that are being printed, like people really, really want to build a deck around them. And they see that Sisse is like, of the five color commanders, Sisse is the one that most synergizes with them. So, okay, let's do it. And I know like I've had multiple friends show interest in a Honden list because you look at them and you go, wow, this is really cool. And then you go, oh, but I... And I guess I need to be five colors. Mm -hmm. But it's to say it even lets you like tutor up the ones <laughs> that you're missing. <laughs> yeah. Too. So it's kind of the perfect storm in regards to to making a kind of janky strategy like that actually happen. That's pretty consistent. Like when a commander isn't good stuff, it is kind of hyper focused. That seems to be the case here. Like in regards to a few of them, so I'm going to bring up like Yuriko, uh, Feather, Tesa Karlov, which we mentioned before. They're all uh, Edgar Markov, any of the tribal commanders. They all kind of do their thing and they do it so good that that's kind of it. <laughs> like, like there's not really another option for them. So if you are someone and you want to play with ninjas, you're you're going to play Yuriko. If you're someone and you want to play vampires, you're probably going to play Edgar. If you're someone and you want to play uh, just whatever Feather is, there's literally not, there's not really anything like it. So here you go. They're just entirely singular um, and pushing a strategy that was already popular. I think that's a key point there. 
to what extent do you think it's the you know people really love their vampires and so they all build edgar or do you think it's like also coming from the other direction where somebody is like looking at all these eminence commanders and is like this is definitely one of the more busted eminence abilities i'm gonna build this and i guess that means i need to run a bunch of vampires like yeah or or like just commander ninjutsu being like really messed up and like totally man i i really don't want to pay the command tax ever 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 oh yuriko lets me do that i guess i'll just get a bunch of ninjas do you think people are more coming from to this from a place of like i love this mechanic or this creature type or just like this is extremely powerful and i'll do whatever i need to do in order to exploit this ability i mean that's a really good question i i think just from the anecdotal evidence in my life i think it's more i I don't i really don't want this to be cynical i think it's more like the wow cool ninja than it is the mechanical hook and I think just the more that like we've gone out into the world and talked with more magic players, the more I look on forums and things like that, or you look at at decks, like the general commander populace tends to be pretty, I want to say Mimi. Can you help me think of like a better way of saying that? Well, well, it sounds like the general commander populace like wants to pursue their, their interests and like express themselves. Yeah. That's about like, I am, I see you know the code in the matrix and i'm just trying to like to min max my oh, way to optimize yeah. yeah yeah and i think like you and me in particular have been in circles where we're looking to like really squeeze as much value out of a commander as possible i know like when like we and our friend group looked at yuriko the tiger shadow we built it a little bit differently than a lot of people did um and i for better or worse, and I, I think that's that's cool and it's good, and I'm really lucky to be in this playgroup. But it also, I think, is worth noting how most people don't have that experience. Most people don't have as many creative people in their playgroups, which isn't to say that people playing Magic in general aren't creative. I think you kind of have to be. I, I think it's just yeah. hidden maybe a little bit. Like, maybe like creative isn't the right word. Maybe as many people interested in like optimization perhaps yeah or or like synergy minded i think it might be a good way of saying it too like there's a lot of people that like synergies but aren't going to pursue them but if they just kind of happen to show up like in the case of yuriko they're like wow that was really fun so another one like with edgar like i think a lot of people like vampires i think you look at edgar and you go wow i'm gonna get a lot of vampires and so you play edgar and you go wow that experience was uh, very fun and powerful and it's more so players latching on to that the theme they built into worked so well with the commander more so than going how do i maximize edgar markov oh well, i'll just play every cheap preferably one to three mana vampires and get to it that seems to be my experience with it i would like to hear what like other listeners have had with it when i'm reading forums when i'm talking to people uh, it really does seem the case that the the high synergy moments at a lot of tables are more unexpected than I feel like they should be to a lot of players. Mm-hmm. Now I want to like transition a little bit to you know up to this point it's mostly been like analytical. Here is here is like the data. What do we think explains it? And now I want to move to a section that's a little bit more normative. Do you think? 
it is a good thing for the format to have this kind of uneven popularity, like where, you know, less than 2% of the commanders make up 16% of the decks, where like we have these like highly, highly popular commanders that are capturing a whole bunch of themes. You know, like like you mentioned with Golos, where everyone's just gravitating for it because it lets it's just like a value engine that'll let them do whatever theme. Or like Atraxa, where it's like a plus one plus one counter commander, it's a planeswalker commander, it's an infect commander. Yeah. Do you think it's a good thing to have these like, you know, titans of the format capturing so many so much like deck building energy? Um, or do you think like it would be better for Commander to have like a broader distribution of like decks. I could definitely be wrong when I say this, but I I think that when we have these decks that aggregate in this way, we do end up with more good stuff. And when we end up with good stuff, less you end up with a lot more similar experiences. And I think similar experiences tend to scare people away or have people get bored of them. So I would say that Overall, I'm not super into when we get a Golos or when we get an Atraxa and kind of absorbing multiple archetypes into one banner, like the Atraxa banner or the Golos banner. I think we could live in a world, this is my my utopian magic fantasy, where there are just commanders for cards that you don't have to force your favorite card into a deck. Like there is a deck that it can just fit into the longevity of the format will be much better and people have much more fun when they don't see the same commander over and over and over again people Uh, tend to like having varied experiences uh, i definitely agree with that another thing that's on my mind is just like the preservation of future design space and, and just like opportunities for more commander just looking at the themes on golos is a gives you a lot of information about where design like what designs are possible because you already yeah. know there's a built-in audience. So for example, like seeing Scout Tribal on Golos, I'm just gonna return to that because like, okay, that lets me know that people want this and there's gotta be a better design out there to reward you for playing scouts than Golos. So like, okay, uh, you know, wizards, there's an opportunity there. Next time you go to a place that where it makes sense, like how about make a scout tribal commander or like snow? People are building Golos as a snow commander. Like, okay, there's an opportunity there to design something that'll make people happy. The existence of, you know, this of Golos as like a five color good stuffy commander. I don't love it, but I do like that it's helping to illuminate these corners of the format where another commander could do a better job i think we can see that with the traxa too there's like so many just things under her banner because she does them so well like plus one plus one counters in fact uh planeswalkers minus one minus one counters um even like angel tribal uh, i think people are going to force tribal decks sometimes but the fact that angel tribal has been spread out across so many commanders i think it leads me to believe that th- we have not gotten uh, a possible angel tribal commander. Ex- yeah, exactly. So I, I think even just looking at her banner kind of can give you some insight into what can 
be possible what what could be differentiated into its own deck um that lets you play with cards that you might cut to put in a Traxa deck because she is four colors and why not play like the most efficient removal and why not play the most efficient ramp and why not play the counter spells and draw spells that are the best so all in all it's going to water down your theme <laughs> in cases like this and uh i that's what i get worried about when i see things like golos taking from this lesson like you know if you think it's dangerous to have these kinds of commanders being so popular that kind of absorb multiple archetypes or that like promote good stuff decks and, and sort of lead to samey games what would you do what kind of commanders would you design to like head in the opposite direction what are the lessons you would take away from from this if you wanted to design future commanders that would not lead to this like top heavy concentration of decks yeah, I mean, the first one is something that you kind of mentioned is build into space that you can see. Golos is kind of screaming certain things that there are certain archetypes that just haven't existed. And just making a commander that rewards one of those strategies will immediately be popular. Um, in the same way that like Sisse, whether like Captain was for Hondens and uh, getting more Hondens really galvanized that the proper reward for what you're doing is really important too on a commander. One of the problems that people have had with Julian is like this boogeyman, even though like Julian is, is, I mean, Julian's fine. That's fine. Whatever. But one of the problems they have with Julian and one of the problems they have with like Yaruk, uh, the desecrated is that they're incredibly broad. They just work with anything honing into the strategy. Like what is compelling? What was the whole point of Julian? It was to like, cast your creatures over and over again right so looking into that design space and finding something that does let you play with a subset of cards as opposed to just the things that you could find on the top cards of edh rec yeah another thing i i like about sort of farming farming golos for design space is like golos is not gonna stay at the you know the most popular commander forever um and really like if wizards is using this information um on his page to design like a scout tribal commander or a snow commander or a curse commander or whatever or an eldrazi commander or whatever um every time that they like check one of those boxes it's gonna draw decks away from golos like everyone who was previously running golos is gonna swap to this new commander so it's it's probably a good thing that Golos exists because, uh, you know, somebody's got to be the most popular. And as as long as Wizards keeps checking these boxes, like his influence is going to wane. And eventually, you know, he might even drop out of the top 20 if like all of the player demands are being met. It kind of like a signpost for where design could go in the future. Yeah. One last thing I want to mention, of course, like, as as we've said a couple times throughout this episode, the more colors you are adding to a commander, the the greater pull there is to run those the staples in that color. And I think that going forward, wizards should perhaps be more disciplined in like how many colors they give to different commanders. Like they've said that they want to have like a five color commander in standard at all times, so that there's always an option for 
or players playing brawl or whatever but i don't think that's a great strategy i don't uh, the fact that three of the of the like top 20 command most popular commanders you know were printed in the last two years and they're five colors shows that maybe it's not necessary to have so many five color commanders being printed all the time and it <laughs> could cause problems if you're just enabling people to i, I don't well it, it's tough because like you know people clearly want to do this thing people clearly yeah. want to play five colors but i think that um it's better for the format if there's more restriction and more discipline on the half of designers is that is that crazy is that no, take. I think that's that's true. I think the two forces that are pulling apart here is that there are uh, designers that want to make cool cards for the game that let you do things like Feather did, or there's designs that are very broad that are just kind of gonna be bangers. Uh, AC Tyrant of the Straits is like a, an example of that, where this is just going to be good. People are going to have fun with it. Uh, it is fun to play extra lands and cast your big spells and draw cards like that. That is a thing that I like to do in magic, even if I want to work for it a little harder than like AC kind of let let someone. So I think that the two contradictory forces here that Wizards R&D is really trying to balance is the need to create longevity, create interesting commanders and like open up design space with the need to create something really splashy that does have kind of mass appeal because i i again like you said one of the reasons golos is popular is that you can do whatever mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the reasons that kenrith is really popular especially on brawl or in this top 20 is you can kind of do whatever and also there's a combo so there are people that are just going to want to play with their most powerful cards and forgetting about them is bad for the game but the balance of like how many commanders should be printed how often for those players versus how many commanders should be printed that do like kind of a niche thing like say like gavi uh nest warden from the c20 decks last year which was the cycling commander that's kind of the balance that you got to strike like should i take this space this limited space that i have right now and print something that a subset of players are going to like or should i print a kai car where everyone is gonna go gaga over this yeah and wizards is definitely in a tough position because like i mean look at the the commander precons they they want to make a product that will sell well and so they face this pressure to to make things that are you know uh appealing to many players like to print something like iec but then they're not fully exploring the design space available to them you know there's there's plenty of enfranchised players who were asking wizards like why couldn't aec have been this sea monster commander would be the perfect place for it the problem with that is like that would make you know a small proportion of the format very very happy these people who've like wanted to build sea monsters forever and have never had a great commander for it but like wizards has to make a product that will sell and so they went for something that will make a whole bunch of people a little happy. Like, oh, okay, this is a minor upgrade over Tatiova. I'll take it. 
Yeah, and and I think the thing that really struck me about this and has really been kind of giving me a little bit more leniency towards wizards is how many people I've seen who are maybe getting into magic or something like that who did play the AC list and were like, that was really fun. And it's kind of impossible to say how much fun they would have had if AC was the sea monster commander, right? Like, yeah, they maybe they could have had more fun going like, wow, I cast this like eight drop Leviathan and it was awesome. But it definitely is the case that they played AC and went, I had a great time playing with this and would like to play again. So my personal feelings about AC have changed somewhat. Uh, just because of all of this like anecdotal evidence I've been seeing across the internet and within friend groups and siblings and cousins and whoever it is that ended up buying the AC deck um, and the Wyleth deck, but that one I think hit the mark a little bit better. Yeah, it's definitely tough. The The people I talk with most about Commander are super enfranchised players, and I had an eye-opening moment like maybe a year ago where I met somebody who is just getting into commander and they showed me their mono green deck and they told me like how awesome it is when you tooth and nail and get Avenger of Zendikar and crater hoof and just like how huge of a buff and like how like, Oh my God, it's, it's always enormous. And like, they were so excited about it. And, you know, I'm of course coming from a place where I'm just like jaded and I've, died yeah. <laughs> a million times and it's refreshing to like you know get in touch with newer players and and sort of experience that excitement again through them and, and yeah. get that perspective because you know so often i uh, i'm talking with people who are looking for something new and niche and exciting that they haven't seen before in commander you know the the longer you play this game the more bored you get with like the the staple effects or the um the most popular played cards and, yeah <laughs> and of course like it's good to have a reminder that it wasn't always this this way yeah we came from somewhere somewhere else once upon a time <laughs> where are your roots yeah <laughs> one of the things that i've been excited for about our interviews that we've been having with the council of colors is really seeing inside of r&d and seeing how they're thinking about maybe the new player experience and how to balance that with the old players who are looking for something interesting. So it's really been on the forefront of my mind lately what design is kind of grappling with in this modern era of Commander. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess it's up to content creators like us to get everyone initiated into the format and jaded as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah. So that there'll yeah. be more people to to vote with their dollars. Especially after the Commander Legends like partner explosion, I think Magic and Commanders in like a pretty good and novel place and uh I'm going to be brewing for a long time. It's mm-hmm. not going to stop. Oh, I know. I still have like Commanders on the back burner. Like I really should make a deck for this, but just like yeah, it's just so much to work through. Yeah, definitely. And and call times right around the corner. So Yeah, I know. God, it's oh boy. I know it's been like nearly two months at this point since uh Commander Legends was released. Well no, it's been like what, six weeks? Uh yeah, I think so. It's almost two months, not quite. Yeah, but it still still feels like a really short amount of time. I, I would love even more time to digest that Thanksgiving meal of a set. I know. Jeez, yeah. 
Yeah, too much uh, good stuff all at once. Exactly. Is there anything uh, else you want to say on the subject of, you know, designing popular commanders or like similarity among these popular commanders? No, I think actually we, we said most of the stuff. I think that just the important thing to remember when looking at these popular commanders and looking at the format as a whole is that, um, like like you mentioned in your anecdote, like new players do gravitate towards powerful, splashy things. So if a majority of players are going to be more casual-minded than we are and our listeners are, um, this is just something that's going to draw people into the game. So it's not the worst thing for the game, even though I think the longevity of the game will be better with a varied assortment of options as opposed to a few very powerful options. Well, uh, you know, that is part of the reason we love Commander so much is that there are there really are options for everyone. There's a thousand different commanders out there and, you know, over a thousand partner combinations so that everyone can do anything. So it's it's great to have a mix of these um, popular commanders that kind of do a lot of things for for a lot of different people. And of course, like the more narrow ones like you know, like your feather, like your Yuriko, that really like scratch a very particular mechanical itch for people. With that, I think we can go ahead and wrap it up. I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Bradley, Gustav, Ryan, Mark, Addison, Mason, Rick, Laser, Raphael, Kyle, Charlotte, Andrew, Tom, the White Clays, Aubrey, Hannah, Anthony, Andy, Dylan, James, Justin, Logan, Roger, David, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jason, Kyle, Jerry, Brandon, Eamon, Kevin, Matthew, Jamie, Russell, Kaidel, and Jeremy. Thank you all for supporting the show. If you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. Hello, everybody. It is your friend, Zach, the podcast co-host. I'm just here to say that, yes, call time spoilers are coming out today. You probably have seen them already, and that's great. And we're going to talk about them, and you're going to hear about it next week. And so the next few weeks are going to be call time heavy. And then hopefully we will get to some more interviews and other topics. We have some spicy things we're working on. Um, I have this research project that I've been doing for the show that I, it's like so hard to find data for. So it's just taking me a while. So um, I hope you all enjoy this episode and I hope you all will enjoy the call time episodes next week. There'll be deck lists. There'll be all that stuff. So talk to you soon. Bye. If any of you theorists want to get in touch with us, I am at Commander Theory on Twitter and Tumblr, and Zach is at Fat Bartleby on Twitter. Our theme song is Lincoln Continental by Entropy, and you can check him out on SoundCloud. Until next time, we're going back to the drawing board.